everyone, and welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games, making games, and holiday cheer, brought to you by Oh, a Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oh, a Rock Studios. I'm Michael Gray, and I'm in charge of the Secret Santa operation at Oh, a Rock Studios. Spoiler alert, I got you. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> They, they call the secret on purpose. Oh, there's only the two of us. I think you were bound to figure it out. <laughs> well, maybe we should invite Lizzo, too. She did do half of Test Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking we should have done something like that for uh, Game Cola, or I guess still could one of these years. It might have been fun. Although I guess half the staff is like college-aged and younger, so maybe they don't want to be spending extra money on people they don't really know. Could have been fun, though. So what's up? Um, uh, not much. I did, I actually did some preparation for the podcast by doing some, some work for OA Rock Studios, uh, yesterday. Oh yeah? Well, what did you do yesterday? So I tried to work on Trapped in a Soap Opera. Oh, excellent. Which is a game that has been in production forever, I guess, but, um, <laughs> That happens a lot with our games. Yeah, yeah, so I, um, so let me see, I, 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 I just you know, played through what I've done so far and saw what I wanted to change and what I didn't want to change. It's mostly the artwork. I think I mentioned this to you, but not on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to get um, the artwork flipped, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I've got a really great picture of Jason looking to the left, but if I flip <laughs> it so he's looking to the right, all of a sudden that's craziness and it looks awful and it's really hard to program. I know exactly what you're talking about, because there was one, I forget, it was one of the Francie Drew games where, like, I th- it might have been Craigers, actually, I forget, but it was, it was, uh, you know, just the character standing sprite, and then I reversed it, and it suddenly looked like he was just, like, looming forward, like, leaning over the person, like he was Lyndon B. Johnson going for a, a handshake. It was, it was weird, it was interesting looking. That is exactly what is happening to poor Emma. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so with the Francie Drew games, um, we specifically tried to make it so that Francie is always standing on the right-hand side of the screen. Or is it the left? Uh, I think Francie's usually on the left and the person she's talking to is on the right. Yeah, she's on the left yeah. and Katie is usually on the right. So they're generally looking at each other. I know there was one time in the, the first game, Francie Drew and a Missing Mother-in-Law, where Francie is just looking to... <laughs> looking to the left i'm like no what no ow. oh no yeah so that that was fun um and basically i got to the i got to the point there are basically three different storylines in um uh, trapped in a soap opera there's like a like three pages of introduction and then the game splits up into to three different storylines and each storyline's about four or five pages long Mm-hmm. And so I, I've got the entire introduction segment all done. I got like one to two pages through the uh, first storyline, but but then then the artwork wouldn't cooperate, so I just decided to quit. <laughs> yeah, for um, for anyone out there listening, um, this is one of the games that's going to be in our like short story sort of anthology that we're working on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically, Billy the little kid who um, you know he starts off as like a ten year old and then. Two minutes later, he's seventeen, <laughs> and so I awesome. just I just could not figure out a good way to have him come on screen and then come off screen. It it, it just looked <laughs> awful. Yeah. It's like no, no, he should look to the left when he's moving left onto the screen, <laughs> but maybe he's just moonwalking onto the screen. <laughs> uh, once once I'm finished with the bri- the big uh, outside contract I've been working on, which I can't talk about on the podcast, unfortunately. Um, 
But once that's wrapped up, I'm I'll be more than happy to slip back into the coding role for these games too. Uh, so I've 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 been able to to kind of bend Renpy to my will. Yeah, because there are some things I don't know how to do, like yeah, um, yeah. sound effects. Somebody knocks on a door, and then you know that that should be an easy enough thing to do. I just don't oh, yeah. know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, actually, what I've been doing for um the more recent game, actually, this has been in um Awkward Steve more than any the new Awkward Steve game. I've been trying to record as many of my own sound effects as I can. That's kind of been that's kind of been a lot of fun. It's the same thing with the with the photographs and the pizza game we're working on. I'm I'm hoping to try to produce more of this stuff in-house as as we move forward instead of uh, relying too much on free free assets on the internet mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'm, I'm like an expert at recording door knocking sound effects now I'm I'm, I'm I, have, I have a ton of experience with that <laughs> it's not like the early Nancy drew games where every single door opens the exact same way it shuts <laughs> the exact same way every single time oh well that's like um Francie is like that too where every character has the same walking in and walking away sound effect because i i only found one that i liked (laughs) (laughs) that's actually kind of a pain to record i've tried that recording those uh kind of sounds myself like put the phone on the floor and you know walk up to phone walk away from phone but it it never like i only can record like three footsteps and doesn't it doesn't quite uh, get what I'm going for. Uh, I think generally what they do in that situation is somebody just holds a pair of shoes and clomps them on the desk <laughs> to, to make yeah. it seem like that works. I think nobody actually walks. To... Yeah, I guess. Well, I never said I'm a sound engineer. <laughs> oh, I was just yeah. going to say about the artwork. It, the artwork for Trapped in a Soap Opera is going to be interesting because half of it is done in like a more normal style and then half of it is like this super intense hardcore style. Awesome. Where uh, I think I've released the picture, I think like the soap opera villains is literally basically what I did was I just took a picture, you know, of, of the person who plays the villain on the soap opera and like drew it out full size page thing. And then the other pictures are more things like more like a doodle or a sketch. Okay, cool, cool. It's so that one storyline is it's like, wait, why are the characters in such high definition? <laughs> 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 so I got a question about naming um, naming assets. I, I, I don't know if this is something to talk about. This game is, a, I mean, this podcast is about making video games. We don't know how in-depth uh, you people want to see, but uh, we have to come up with names for a lot of things, which uh, don't always make it, or which people don't see. People don't get to see what the programming looks like or what the uh, image names are like. And so I've noticed my, my character names are A, B, B. Bet, B-R-D-D-O-M, and then pregnant M. I was just wondering, is that is that a, is that a normal thing to do? I know with Francie, I think the the pictures were like F1, F2, F3, F4. Yeah. Well, they, I think, um, yeah, actually, now I can't remember if I, if I did F1 or Francie 1. Either way. Well, we, I know that's what I did when I assigned the pictures for every single thing. Because I'm seeing right here, um, should I talk about the newer Francie Drew game or go through the names of the older one, I guess? Oh, uh, let's do it, whatever you want. Let's go with the newer one. Uh, I guess it's, let's see, characters B, C, D, E, F, <laughs> F, F for Fancy <laughs> Francie. <laughs> I really liked that one, actually. <laughs> A K for K. Oh, we had two characters named L, don't we? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I think there should be a, a PJF or a PF for uh, Pajama Francie. Pajama also. Francie, yes. <laughs> I, 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 would it be more, would it make more sense just to write out the characters' full names? Because I know that that causes problems. 
No, that didn't cause us problems. With the first Francie Drury, changed the character's name, but kept the original, like, naming, um... That, that's right, yeah. It depends on how finalized the, uh, the character's names are, I guess, because... Um, that was that was something that was kind of annoying about uh, coding sometimes is if we decide to change a character's name halfway through and I have to, you know, go through the, the code and try to fix everything and make sure I don't miss anything. I, I, but that speaks more to the fact that we should have finalized names before we start coding than, <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't make a huge difference, really. Um, whatever whatever works best with you works fine for me. Well, I thought was, I think I might have mentioned this on a, an earlier podcast where, you know, coming up with different um, facial expressions or emotions. And I just find it strange going through this list here that the the description of the picture is longer than the picture name. So, like, for example, with BR, I don't know what BR stands for at this point, but his emotions are angry and triumphant. <laughs> and so, like, that's way longer than his actual name of BR. Yeah. I mean, we could, you know, name him, like, F happy or Francie happy or whatever in the files. I don't know if that would make things easier or, or more annoying, to be honest. Yeah, I think part of the problem with the soap opera game specifically is I wrote it normally and then I changed all of the characters' names because, you know, to avoid copyright issues and stuff. Sure, sure, sure. So nobody's <laughs> nobody's actually named after the character that they happen to bear a great resemblance <laughs> to. Any other fun things about uh, pictures, I guess, that people wouldn't know? This segues really well into an email I got, actually, if you want to talk about that. Um, we got an email about the photographs in Cat President. So uh, I'm not going to read the whole email because this wasn't sent in specifically for the podcast. It was actually just sent to me, uh, but it was a fan of Cat President. Yeah, so she was talking about uh, how we used uh, photographs and, and stock photos a lot for the art in Cat President. And she wanted to know if we had any tips for doing that because she's not very uh, graphically inclined either. I'm not sure. I don't know how to do the the artwork for uh, the backgrounds, because I seem to remember you thought it was really cool to have animated characters on top of a real-life photo background. Yeah, we I, I played around with that for uh, Francie 2 uh, very, very briefly and thought it looked kind of interesting. Yeah, so I, I, I thought I would try out actual backgrounds for um, the other games in the Francie and Friends, whatever we're calling that group. But yeah, for so trapped in a soap opera, and I think where am I or who am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, right now they're looking like they're actual real photographs, but we might decide to. This looks awful. Let's have actual pictures. But generally, I don't know. You were involved a lot more in the process of um, Cat Present deciding the artwork and the placeholder art and stuff, and so I ended up being surprised when I saw people play through the actual <laughs> game. It's like, wait, that's not the picture I saw when, right. when Paul yeah. sent it to me. That's right. The la- one of the last versions I sent to you, I hadn't uh, finalized all the photographs yet. Yeah, cause, uh, well, here's something to, to watch out for if you're using uh, stock art from the internet. Specifically, you really have to be careful about what the license is for these pictures. I mean, first of all, you should only use pictures that are either under a Creative Commons, like explicitly under a Creative Commons license or explicitly in the public domain. You obviously can't just pick random photographs off Google. Uh, People will be very unhappy if you do that. Um, But deeper than that, you really have to look at what the specific Creative uh, Commons license is because I had accidentally used some that were for... I think it was the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike one. And I think it was that one. And looking deeper into what that meant, it meant that um, 
any any time you manipulate those photographs and then release them again yourself, uh, they automatically have a share alike license applied to them. So I don't know. I was spent like days trying to parse out what that even meant. But um, the implication I was getting was that if I did that, then people would be able to use the stuff that we've created for whatever purpose they want. And that wasn't something I was very comfortable with. So I had to go. I replaced a lot of those pictures with either ones that were explicitly public domain or explicitly just attribution, nothing else. Or, um, you know, I drove around, tried to take a lot of my own pictures to to fill in the gaps as well. Um, so that's that's number one thing that you should really, really, really pay attention to is what the license is if you're getting pictures off the internet. Um, but the other thing I would suggest is try to create, take as many of your own photos as you can or get, you know, friends to take pictures if, if you're not able to. Like, we've talked about this a bunch of times about how Cat President, most of the cat characters are our are, are friends' cats that they submitted pictures of. And that's the sort of thing people uh, really appreciate when they're playing a game. They don't want to see a photograph that they might have seen on Flickr or Wikimedia or whatever. They like seeing that you've created assets for the game that you're making. Yeah, yeah, and it makes me wonder, um... It's like, if you make a game, yeah, would it limit us? It's like, oh, here's a good example. Um, the pizza delivery guy game. So we wanted yes. to have a scene with a pregnant woman, because my wife Katie is pregnant. She's, she's <laughs> nine months pregnant, and I wrote a scene, and it, it was great. And um, she refuses to let me take any pictures of her while she's pregnant. Oh. And so I had to go back and, like, rewrite the scene because otherwise I, I, I don't think we have any other different pregnant women who could be yeah. models for us. No, not, the, not that I'm aware of, unfortunately. <laughs> so, I oh. mean, that's something that sometimes happens with artwork. It's sad but true. It's like, well, you run into limitations. Something you just can't get a picture of. So if you can't draw it out, then I guess you can't make a game with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but specifically with photographs, I was I was going to say that the cool thing about using photographs as backgrounds in visual novels is that like we were able to have so many more different backgrounds in Cat President than we would have been able to do uh, if we were paying an artist to to draw fancy backgrounds for us. Like we have we have some there's like over a hundred different locations you visit in Cat President. Uh, granted, like twenty of them are different hotel rooms, but each you know, each character goes to their own hotel room in Iowa. Yeah. They they don't. <laughs> All share the same it's hotel. True. It, it's true. I, I, I probably could have uh, cut down on that. But I mean, I, th- I think that was a really interesting thing and, and cool thing about Cat President is what we were able to go to so many different locations. And that's that's one of the things that using uh, photographs kind of opens up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing I want to talk about is um, when using stock photos or my own photos, um, I tried to do as much as I could. I tried to to make the the photographs our own, like tweak them in Photoshop, add cats in the background. Like there's one, <laughs> there's one picture of an airport that, that had like an advertisement of a person in a sweater. And I just, I changed it. So it was our friend's cat wearing a sweater. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Actually, I don't know if anyone's even noticed. It. I don't think I've like, seen you, that. No. Um, yeah, I don't remember which pathway that is, but like, then we have a scenes at conventions where I changed all the signs to be about political candidates. I put, like, you know, cat-based puns and as many... Like, I I did... I went through literally every background in the entire game and tried to find places where I could tweak them and, you know, just make them 
make them more our own. I think that was mentioned in one of the reviews. Like somebody noticed oh, where you it? took one of the pictures. It's like it's like this is clearly the picture of Mark Zuckerberg talking, except now there's a giant <laughs> cat who's talking to the crowd and not awesome. him. I'm like, oh, somebody actually recognized that picture. Yeah. So I mean, that wasn't so bad. Like with the debate scenes too, I you know I added milk to the background of all of them so that all the debaters were talking about milk was like the main topic of the debates. And so, I mean, you get a situation like that where even if somebody recognizes, oh, that's clearly a picture you took from somewhere else, they realize that it's clearly you manipulated the photo, you made it your yeah. own. And it's like, it's different. You're not just being lazy. Yeah. It gives the, exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. It gives the impression that, it, I mean, it, it gives a greater impression that we actually did something. <laughs> Which, to be fair, like, every time I sourced a photograph off the internet, too, like, is this was not a situation where I'm just going online and finding, okay, there's the first photograph that's free that I found that is uh, an auditorium with people talking. Like, I would spend, like, an hour parsing through every single picture I could find on Flickr, Wikimedia, Google, uh, Pixabay, which is a fantastic source, and, you know, just getting all of the options that we possibly had so I could make sure I picked the very best, most accurate most applicable photo I could, so. Yeah, and you would send, you would send, like, six <laughs> photos to me. It's like, here, I've whittled this character down to six possible sprites. Which one do you think best looks like it? Yeah. And then, uh, what was with the racist cats and the rover storyline? <laughs> you, 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 like, had to go through with your wife with that, you said? I did. I, did. I, I had, like, seven or eight different uh, potential uh, cat characters picked out, and I asked my wife to come over and help me pick out which three looked the most racist. And I think we did. I think we did a pretty good job about that. They, they're pretty sinister-looking cats. I know. I think that's great. I, oh, you also did a great job with Socks, too, man. Uh, Socks is the uh, the leader of the Sharp car, Claw Party, and he's a real villain in the Dr. Nom Nom's uh, storyline. He's also kind of a villain, I think, in the DJ Nibbles. He shows up at the very end of the DJ Nibbles right, storyline. Yeah. And um, with the potential Cat Present DLC, um, he's going to be the victim in, in the murder mystery that Rover... <gasps> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I didn't so even know this yet. Socks socks is not going to last very long Poor in that storyline. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a cat where I thought he he had a real mean look in his eyes, right? Like like that was a that was a that was a mean look. And I don't know that the cat itself was actually particularly mean. It was probably just a weird picture. But there was something in the eyes and and I really liked he was he's kind of standing on a stump too, like he's looking down on everyone else. And and apparently he carries that stump with him everywhere because he's always pictured <laughs> on it. <laughs> and didn't you do some uh, manipulation with DJ Nibbles or am I thinking of Nicholas Suprax cat? You know, some of the cats you oh, have to like God. change and it took you forever. That's right. Yeah, there was a, there was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the yeah, DJ Nibbles was submitted by our friend Nicola, who uh, is also a game caller writer. And. The cat was missing its lower, like, its legs. Like, it didn't have a bot. Like, the, the picture cut off at the bottom. So I found a free picture online that kind of looked like that cat, and I kind of grafted the two together to make a Franken-cat. <laughs> that is great. Nobody noticed. <laughs> well, that's that's not e that's not even the only cat I did that with, too. Um, Thunderpaw and Banders. I mean, Thunderpaw obviously had some manipulation done to him. Uh, the real cat did not have that hair, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> or the flag. Um, 
<laughs> well, the, the and it has the, he has the pillow too, and the pillow originally had a different letter on it, but I changed it to T for Thunderpaw. Um, but the there the I did work on Thunderpaw and Banders because they're supposed to be brothers, right? So mm-hmm. I like I opened them both side by side in Photoshop and like kind of took elements from each other and pasted them onto one another. So like I tried to make sure they had you know similar looking eyes, similar facial features, stuff like that. You know, same eye color to to, to really make them look more like brothers than the two originally original photos actually did. Is really because in my head I hadn't really thought about them as brothers until I actually saw them and together and they look similar <laughs> so it's a very good job in my head it's like oh, these thank are, you thank you Anders is just this weird guy who hangs around Thunderpaw <laughs> yeah so I mean I guess the bottom line is there's a lot of stuff if you're using photograph assets for your visual novel there's a lot of things you can do to tweak them and make them your own and and really try to make it look like you 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 know you've done some work and you just pull random pictures off the internet um, unfortunately what we're seeing with Cat President is that despite all that work um, there are people who are still saying this is all stock photos. This is dumb. You didn't do any work, so uh, it's it can be you. You still are going to get that kind of feedback, unfortunately. Well, it's a pizza game. We're going to have we're going to try a different art style. We're going to try actual photographs. Yeah. So that way we can yeah. have multiple emotions. So we're going to have like Angry Joe and Happy Joe and maybe Joe looking to the left and to the right. Yeah. Or we're re- speaking of characters. I I um tried to rewrite like the first two three chapters of the the pizza delivery boy game yesterday and um uh, let's talk about a specific scene where um should i call him joe or call him doug i like the name doug doug rivers Doug is like that's pretty good right he's definitely a doug i went with doug and sheila is now finley so i like i like finley that's apparently a popular name nowadays yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, let me try. I'm trying to find the scene. Uh, the girl with the ponytail or something like that. So, um, yes. Basically, this happens all the time when you're pizza delivery driver, where uh, you're the driver. It's like, okay, there's a delivery ready. I should deliver the pizza. Oh, wait, the people in the kitchen haven't bothered to make it yet because whatever reason. And so in this scene, um, Doug is going into the kitchen and the girl... Uh, there is like no, I didn't want to make those pizzas because they're barbecue pizzas, and those are just gross. I think your comment was something like, "Is this?" Uh, you were wondering if that was sexist or offensive somehow. Yeah, I wasn't sure. You know, to to say to have the female, the teenage female character say that, "Ew, I don't want to do this because it's gross." I didn't know if that was like too stereotypical or what. Oh so I, wow! I, thought, I I I thought you had meant this. Like, is it stereotypical to have the, the you know the female characters the one that's in the kitchen cooking pizza? Oh pizzas? no, I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I, I mean that that was sort of how my work worked. The boss made the girls do do kitchen work, and only the guys wanted to do driving. Well, that's kind of weird then. <laughs> Actually, um, maybe you should include that in the game. Maybe you should make the boss kind of sexist like that. Yeah, so maybe you've no, you might have or might not have noticed that's the way it worked in the game. That his fellow drivers are both dudes. We only see like two of the other drivers, I think. I honestly, I hadn't noticed. I, th- I think we should make that explicit. I think uh, I think the boss. We should have the boss say something like that, or Doug should comment on it, something like that. Because mm-hmm. then, yeah, that would be kind of cool. But uh, with the barbecue pizzas, basically, that was just real life and work. Nobody liked making them because they're just messy, and you get barbecue sauce all over oh, your yeah. hands, sure, and sure. you have to wash your hands, like, twice to get them, get them cleaned out. And there's one barbecue pizza we have, which isn't like that, so nobody orders it. 
Because <laughs> people don't know it exists. So I, I, I tried to do a lot of promotion of the good barbecue pizza, which is easy to make. And uh, That's funny. So what I did with that scene, um, because Paul suggested, is, is this kind of weird to have, the, you know, a girl just complain that the barbecue sauce is awful. Mm-hmm. So I switched it out to um, a, a spicy sausage pizza. And so she just doesn't want to be bothered to go into the back to the freezer and open up a new bag of the sausage and bring it out and oh there we go i like that yeah yeah and i mean that's that's another thing that you know the co-workers would sometimes do nobody likes restocking stuff but also with the you seem to have you seem to have a couple of ideas about the character's personality and i guess while i have you here um uh, yeah let's do it we could be there. so what kind of personality you, see, you seem to like when doug gets all crazy and panicky about you know not <laughs> delivering pizzas on time and you also seem to like it when he's just kind of taking a bunch of abuse for no reason you seem <laughs> well, to find that. it more it... sympathetic when when he's getting yelled at <laughs> well yeah I, I do i do like that and i i, I don't know i think yeah i i, I kind of had the idea that he'd be kind of a snarky person but i could turn down the snark it's interesting because with trapped in the soap opera i wrote the main character as more of a straight shooter and stuff like that and the joke would be all these mm. crazy situations are going around him because it's a soap opera sure 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 but you know, I gave it to my wife, and she said, oh, that's okay, the third storyline is the best, I don't really think it's funny or anything, and so she she wanted me to just go the opposite route and just make this guy like a deadpan snarker the entire time, and uh, that's what's going to be in the finalized game, I think, <laughs> unless I send yeah. it off to Paul, and Paul's like, no, this guy isn't <laughs> no, funny at I'll all. rewrite the whole thing. No, <laughs> no, I mean, okay, I think, I think um, so what I liked, what I liked most about Doug was that I liked that he was the only person in this restaurant who was like taking anything seriously whatsoever. Like it was, I think it was cool. Cause like he clearly like didn't really care that much about his job, but he cared about doing a good job. And I thought that was a pretty admirable quality of him. And I think that's it. I wanted to focus more on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. And I, you know, I had moments in you know, doing the job when I, I would have like panic attack or want to scream or stuff like that. Oh gosh. It takes forever to make salads. And, and oh. ha- just dropping a salad in the parking lot on the way to my car. That was no. because I, I they, the person ordered like two salads and this huge stack of pizza. They must have been having a party or something. And it's like, oh, it's already late and it bothered. Ah! And nobody will help you make salad either. Poor drivers. But yeah, I think that was the thing. Like, I, I think like reading through the script, I, I wasn't getting like a definite sense of who... Doug was exactly so I was thinking in general it might be good to try to define him a little more at least like you probably already have an idea of what the character is like but putting more of that into the game maybe well it's another thing but I mean yeah. we've got like a geez is it really 80 pages it's long yeah so you know <laughs> I mean, it's I, not, not cat president long but yeah certainly I, longer I wrote, than Francie Drew I wrote a bit every single day and so it's just <laughs> you know I don't remember what I wrote five five minutes ago uh yeah, so that's 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 part of the reason why you you know it's good to have somebody like you who's a copy editor who can just go through <laughs> and and remember because I think there are like continuity errors. Like I knew uh, Finley orders a pizza every day, but the size changed from like large to medium. Yeah. But in general, like obviously, don't feel like you're beholden to any any suggestions or any changes I make. Like. It's it's your game. You're the writer, so don't 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 let me push you around too much. Yeah, no, 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 no. I I I, I, 
I understand. <laughs> oh, placeholder names. Oh, see, I think it's good that we actually took care of uh, placeholder names for Strath now. Yes. <laughs> you you keep trying to come up with names that mean something, and then I, I, I keep not doing, not agreeing uh, with no, that. No, it's... <laughs> I think I, it's because I've been on a Harry Potter kick lately, <laughs> and every every name in, in the entire, like, seven-book series has, has a double meaning. So I was like... You know, every every time you'd be like, this is a placeholder name, I'd, you know, go on websites where you can search names by meaning and being like, okay, this person's, you know, good with technology. I would search for names that have some relation to that, first and last. Or, like, names that are referencing a real-life person, but not not too obviously, because if it's too obvious of a reference, then it'll just seem kind of weird, but, but nice subtle references. You need to, to. I don't know if you've read any Little Orphan Annie, but uh, the guy who who wrote that was just awful at coming up with names, and so he'd he'd just come up with the first adjective he could think of for the character, and that would be their name. So we'd have like Doctor Angry or, or <laughs> Mister Sneak. Uh, I think uh, my favorite was a Bleatin' Heart. Uh. Oh wow! Well, that that's starting to sound like a veer into Phoenix Wright territory. <laughs> Now here's another, yeah, here's another placeholder name. It was 1776 uh, Justice Avenue. And you said, is this named after Apollo Justice? I don't think I can abide by that. So I, I switched it to 1776 Constitution Avenue. That's the joke I was going for. <laughs> yeah, I guess it probably wasn't actually an Apollo Justice reference, but I think, yeah. We don't want to offend anybody by by presuming Apollo Justice is the best character. Have we finished Spirit of Justice? Objection! Hey everyone, it's Paul over in the editing room. I just wanted to let you know that the next big chunk of this podcast is going to have spoilers for Phoenix Wright Spirit of Justice. That's the newest Phoenix Wright game, the one that just came out over the summer. So if you haven't played that yet and you're still planning to, uh, well... The podcast is over. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter or all the other stuff I say at the end of each episode. See you next month. Uh, otherwise, sorry for interrupting, and uh, let's jump back into it. Uh, I'm on the last trial of the third case, so no. The answer is no. Okay, yeah, I have not moved on to the fourth case either, so... Yeah. um. That one guy looks like Apollo, Apollo's father, oh, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe. Is, is that the plot twist that's coming? Because I have a feeling that is. Because as soon as I saw that, it's like, here's a picture of the two children. I'm like, hey, that's Apollo. Game, don't even try to fool me. <laughs> yeah, I caught that too. I was like, I noticed it immediately. And I was like, come on, Phoenix, you're going to say something, right? It took him a little while. <laughs> Phoenix is very bad when it comes to telling Apollo the truth yeah. about who he's related to, though. So. Well, I'm very concerned with this, uh, with case number three specifically, because uh, I have I have a suspicion of who I think the murderer is. And like, I guessed it within the first five minutes, like we or when, like immediately when we met that character, it was like that person did it. Case closed. So I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of hoping it wasn't that person because otherwise I've been playing this case for like a month and just to get to that point, they it, it goes crazy and there are going to be like a bunch of plot twists because you, yeah. I think you're already at the point where it's been declared like you're on the second trial, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm. I've already been. You know. You know. 
I'm guilty already. Yeah, so since it's, it's, it's basically we've got two murders, and so we're going to keep flip-flopping back and forth between which murder we're talking about, and, you know... Because as soon as we figure out who the murderer is for case number two, bam, that, that causes a contradiction with case number one. And then we have to go all the way through case number one, and bam, that changes case number two. And it kind of goes like that for a while. It, so is this supposed to be the case people like... I like how it changes a lot. Have you gotten to the point where um, Maya has summoned somebody? No, we're, I think I stopped right before that. Okay, yeah, so that person is going to be the final witness, I think, and that's going to go on for oh, okay, another like, hour and an hour and a half. Oh my god, I'm not that And that's where okay. a bunch of the plot twists, I guess, come up. Yeah, I don't know. This this case has felt like it's been dragging so much for me. Like, I don't know, I, I, I was pretty into the first two, but this one, I'm, I, you know... After the first day of trials, I'm like, oh, is this over yet? <laughs> the trial the trial is the best part. The investigation for these cases was just kinda awful and and all I'm I don't kinda... know, I'm kind I'm the reverse of you. I, I enjoy the investigations. Or at least I enjoy the investigations more than I enjoyed the first day of trials. I don't know, that just felt like it was dragging on too much. And I I don't I mean this happens with every new Phoenix Wright game. I never like really care about any of the new characters. I never get I haven't gotten invested in a new character since like the third game, probably. Aw, and you're not a fan of <laughs> Princess Rafa. Uh, I mean, she's okay. She's starting to grow on me, but eh, I guess. And and I and I, I think it's a shame that the game was sold on the premise of, "Hey, look, Maya's back," and then you don't see her until like the third case. Like, <laughs> I thought that was kind of a bummer. And then she's not there for the investigations either. So, yeah, I imagine she'll be there for her investigations in case five. But yeah, no, no, I yeah. thought, yeah. Uh, you haven't reached the point in the trial where it things just kind of got topsy-turvy and it just kind of lost me there, but uh, it, it quickly got me back. So, uh, no, I don't know. I liked what they were trying to do. I think I, uh, I'm i kind of glad I did a video walkthrough for it because now I get to, to see it, mm-hmm. and now that I know all the stuff in, it, in advance, I guess you would say, um, the setup is a lot better, although there are problems and mistakes like... Um, First time you see Emma, so this is like within the like minute fifteen of the case, she gives you uh, luminal, and you're not going to use that until the end of day two of investigation. <laughs> I feel like maybe that was a lot. That happened a lot with the the case investigation, and maybe that's why I didn't like the investigation. It's like yes, you're setting up important stuff, but nobody's going to remember it four hours from now when it becomes important. Uh, well, that that uh that stupid uh, statue in uh I, f- I forget what screen it is, but there's you know the statue where you have to put the thing in it at some point. You have to put the gem in the statue. Yeah, the statue's eye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, when you examine the statue, Phoenix, like the first thing Phoenix says is. Uh, I don't think I need to examine this right now. I should come back here later, and that's what I did. And this this was this was the, the day, first day of trials, not even the se- the first day, not the second day. And you know, I was wandering around for like a half hour trying to figure out, okay, what's the one thing I haven't examined yet because I'm stuck and no one's doing anything and nothing's happening. And it was the statue, the statue he told me not to examine. Wasn't there a puzzle like that in? Uh... <sighs> 
Tales of Monkey Island, where, where basically the solution to the puzzles interact with the character, but the first time you click on the character, Guybrush says, no, I'm not talking to him. I'm never going to deal with him. That guy's oh, scary. Oh, yes, yes, the, the LeChuck puzzle. Yes, that's exactly it. I, it, was the same, it was the same exact thing. It took me forever to figure that out because you go and talk to him and, yeah. Guybrush says, no, I don't want to, I don't want to work with him. I don't want to deal with him. I'm not, I'm going to do this on my own. And then the darn solution was you had to use an item on him instead. Like, I mean, I understand how, I don't know. It seems like that would be a weird balance to have to go through. Are there any new locations that open up on the second day of investigation? Not really. Uh, yes. The, the secret hideout. That is it. And that is at the very end of the second day of investigation. Yeah. And so they had... I guess that'd be a weird kind of dance that the developers or the creators have to do. It's like, okay, we these locations have to be important for both days of investigation, mm-hmm. but nothing new is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, with the statue, that was a line of dialogue which was only relevant on the first day of investigation and should have been updated for the second day. No, no, that's what I'm saying, though. During the first day of investigation, there was still something on the statue you needed to examine in order to continue. Really? That was the problem, yeah, because it had the text there that said something to the effect of, I should examine this later. And so I was like, okay, I guess Phoenix knows best. So I didn't examine like anything on the statue. And then, you know, half hour, 40 minutes later, I come back to it and examine it. And I found the thing that I was supposed to be doing. That particular area is nasty. And I think it's one of the um, locations where I it takes you like 20 minutes to get through fastest. Yeah. Well, that's the one, too, where you have to, like, rotate the screen around, like, multiple times to make sure you see every angle, too. Yeah, see every like angle. The, fa- the fancy 3D stuff they like doing on the on the 3DS ones. Yes, and then there's uh, the weird, because you got to see, like, the one lantern, because that way you can have the puzzle later on, where the oh, lantern didn't oh. have a windshield. I got stuck on that in the, uh, uh, whatever sequence, not investigate, the insight. Insights, yeah. No, those are impossible... Oh gosh, no, if you watch my walkthrough, it's it, that is 10 minutes of failure right there before I, I gave up and just looked up the solution yeah. online. Oh, uh, I didn't get to that point, but I was I was very very close to it. Like I I kept, you know, pressing whatever, presenting each clue and each each lantern and saying there's a contradiction. No, okay, there's one over here then. No, okay. And it just took me forever. Yeah, okay. So I feel like that's a good thing why um I guess that maybe is why people like the first game so much, is they don't have that so much, especially the the first, first games. I don't know. The the original trilogy, the only case that I ever felt dragging was the circus case that everybody hates. And with the newer games, I feel like at least one or two cases per game feels like it's dragging and I want to fall asleep while playing it. Uh, I think it was actually the third case in the other one, too. You know, the one with the wrestlers, whichever one that was. No, the wrestlers was the second case. The second? Third case was lawyer case. Lawyer school, which was actually kind of nice, but then it had the weird plot twist where Robin is actually a girl. The plot twist was we we know she's a girl because she couldn't resist putting on the sparkly outfit. I'm like, wow, that was really kind of offensive. That's pretty bad. And that's that's that's, pretty bad. that's actually the logical deduction that you're supposed to make. I was going to say our old style adventure game. I was just remembering because um, I actually think I read the book. 
let me see how am I going to explain this to people uh, like we were thinking we were toying with the idea of doing like a, an old style adventure game and I thought okay why not do it based off this book called The Eight Strokes of the Clock because I remember the first first case in that book it's just a bunch of short murder mysteries the first case was really really good and um, you know it, might, it would make a cool adventure game it's got the basic adventure game formula you know a kids breaking into an old abandoned house and finding something spooky inside and um moving on to some of the other cases i'm like yeah you can kind of tell this book was written in france in the 1800s <laughs> like some of some of these gender relations or ideas are just not good i think what was it like obviously the woman could not go to the movies herself without a, a, a chaperone Ooh, boy Although upon upon rereading, they did actually say earlier that she did have a chaperone, that the, the women did have a, a guy go to the movies with them. But still, I'm just now I'm picturing that in like a modern day Phoenix Wright game where you have to object to the fact she couldn't have been at the theater herself. She didn't have a chaperone. Wasn't that like a thing? Oh though? no! <laughs> in case number three, I don't know. Like, they keep bringing up the fact that, um, what's-her-face is pregnant in, in, uh, case number three of Phoenix Wright. What? Who's pregnant? Which one? Um, the victim's wife. Oh, is she? Uh-oh. She's pregnant, and she doesn't look pregnant at all, and that's going to be the explanation for why she can't be, uh, the rebel hunter. The rebel hunter who's mm. doing stuff and killing rebels. Like, she can't be it. She's pregnant. It's like, she's not visibly pregnant yet. So, I'm like, I don't know, are you saying that women just can't kill other people and be cool and awesome and use swords. Okay, actually, now I remembered the thing, which was actually um, really the weird thing about the eight strokes of the clock was case number four or five, I forget which. It's the serial killer case, which was actually a really, really good, interesting case. It's sort of based on Jack the Ripper, except somebody's... I forget how they killed these random women, but, you know... So, uh, um, what happens is the connection between all the women, uh, I'll just have you guess randomly. What's the connection between all these eight women that Jack the Ripper killed? There's just like this connection that nobody saw. Uh, same father. No, they all have names, eight letter names beginning with the letter H. Of course. And nobody noticed it. Because in France, at the time, whenever you talk about a married woman, you say Mrs. So-and-so. You never reveal her first name in a newspaper. And it's like, I would have no idea how we could possibly translate that into a modern adventure game. Which is sad, because it's a really great case, a really exciting thing. Except for that's the thing the whole mystery hinges upon is nobody noticed all these women have names that begin with H and are eight letters long. Alright, um, so we do have one question uh, that we got on Twitter earlier today. Um, this is from Elizabeth Pfeffer or Pfeiffer, I'm not sure which. Um, her question is, what would you guys like to see more of in games? I guess it would depend on what type of game. Um... With the, with the casual adventure games I play, I feel like um, I'd like to see more storyline or more storyline that makes sense. I feel like they purposely limit the stories because they know that this is a game which is going to be translated and sent out into uh, other countries. And so they purposely try to make the, the, the stories, I guess, as broad as possible. And things don't always survive translation, even even with that. 
Or maybe it's just, or maybe it's just the game that I was just playing. I don't know. <laughs> what game was it? Uh, I don't know. I I honestly don't know off the top of my head anymore. <laughs> so you'd like to see games with more just in-depth stories? Yeah, more yeah. in-depth stories, because what we've got are um, these games with these like beautiful artwork scenes and cutscenes and stuff like that, but the story is just nothing. And so there's like not really any story um, behind it. We just get like the same five generic storylines. It's like, oh, your boyfriend slash child slash best friend has been kidnapped. I think that's like one of the storylines you just see over and over and over again. Or I, I don't know. That happens a lot with like hidden object games, right? Like they put most of their budget and time and energy into making these, as you said, these really beautiful backgrounds, like really intricate, mm-hmm. intricate scenes where you have to find all the stuff and then... Just the story is not a priority, so they don't spend as much time on it. They, you know, it's just not a focus, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's one developer I particularly like, ERS Studios. It's like, they, they seem to be good until you get like a third of the way through the game, and then all of a sudden the story just disappears, and you <laughs> just get through this huge, I guess, vacuum where you're solving puzzles and you're doing things, and you, you, you play for like an hour or so, hour and a half or so, and then you get back to the story. And one of the problems with that is it feels like some of their games are interchangeable. Um, so the the thing I was going to mention, <laughs> I, I I really like co-op games in general, and I'd like to see more of them. Like uh, I have a game night that I do, uh, you know, every week, every other week with a couple of my friends from back from like high school, uh, and we're just kind of like forever trying to find a three person cooperative game that we can play. Um, we've been playing Rocket League for about a year and a half now because there's just nothing else out there. Like we've we've dipped our toes into like so many MMOs and so many just like random hack and slash games like Diablo, those kind of games, and just so many of them. They're just they're so dull, they're so samey, and we get like a week out of them before we we just go back to Rocket League because it was so dull. Uh, so I'd I'd love to see more online co-op experiences like that. Um, what I'd really love to see is a co-op Mario game that goes online, but I don't know if Nintendo's ever going to get on board with that. And um, and I I just looked up the Dark Tales Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart is probably probably the best example of like the story gone awry, mm. which is sad because you know that's a good that's an actual <laughs> good story that people know about. And and then basically like the last five pages of the story are a twenty second cutscene at the very end of the game. And if you've never read the original story, you'll have no idea what's going on. Who is this character? Why are they suddenly confessing to murder? We've never seen you before. And so it was, it, yeah. All right. So I hope that answers your question, <laughs> Elizabeth. If you're out there. So all right. Let's let's uh, let's wrap this up. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argelfumpf, which is spelled exactly as it sounds. Uh, you can check mm-hmm. out <laughs> you can check out all the games we've developed on Steam or itch.io, or just visit oarock.com. The complete library is listed there. Our latest game is The Beard in the Mirror, a retro point-and-click adventure game inspired by the likes of King's Quest and Monkey Island. Uh, our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. Uh, And if you have any questions about game development or the games we've worked on specifically, we would love to hear them. Just email them to podcast at oarock.com. All right. uh, I think that's about it. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Happy holidays. We should make a Christmas video game. Yeah. Should have done a Christmas episode, man. (laughs) 
All right. All right. So thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everyone. All right, bye. I don't know. My my, ugh, I'm trying to form sentences, but I can't. Or we're gonna. Uh, no, I lost the train of thought. Never mind. Yeah, I think it makes the, you know, like how. No, no, I don't. Man, I'm off my podcasting game today. I'm sorry. Uh, mostly it's supposed to be like the changing. I guess jokes. We did. I'm so bad tonight. This is the worst. <laughs> Why? I need sleep. Okay.